So welcome to our second Player Insight and I'm joined today by Thomas Duber. Oh and look at that from Duber. Now there's a break on, it's 2 on 0 big test for Duber. And he saved it! Incredible, he got across! I'm the man, come round. Thomas, thank you very much for giving me your time this morning. I know you've just finished practice with the guys ahead of a big game tomorrow night. Well, when you listen to this, it will be the Belfast Giants. Are you ready? Hey, sure, I'm ready. I'm glad to be here and join you here. Perfect. And it's this will be, I think, the third game out of five um, in an eight-game stretch. Is that something that you as a player, you enjoy that many games in that short space of time? I think like every player enjoys more uh, playing uh, games than practicing right so it's uh once you get to the playing mode so it's pretty much quite uh quite a good rhythm to be in and i myself enjoy it and it's um is it different now now pavel Cantor's been released from the club obviously it seemed as though you were sharing um the number one spot but now that spot is firmly yours well i think it has a two sides right like it's definitely great that i I play like I, I prefer that uh, to play every game and, and to be able to help the team. You're in the rhythm and and uh, I like to have the responsibility, that's for sure. Uh, on the other side, sometimes would be good, of course, like if every once in a while some games I could rest and mentally like refresh, it, uh, it also helps. But right now it is what it is and I take it like that. I try to focus just on the next game and and not think too much ahead. You say rest there, maybe after a game like we had in Glasgow uh, a couple of weekends ago, when we, was it the eight goals we conceded? Does that affect you mentally? Obviously, me behind the scenes, I, I never don't see you smile. You always have a smile on your face. So, Do you lose that smile after those kind of games? Uh, I think after a certain goal, the smile comes back again because then it just humor me how how bad it was probably but uh, I have to say that, that that kind of is the game that you would need to maybe refu- refresh your batteries you know like uh, uh, just to get out of it for a game or two and then come back like uh, with fresh mind but then again it's also good uh, uh, mental test you know challenge yourself like bounce back after this kind of uh, sloppy game and I I don't think it was that great against, let's say, now the Nottingham, but we won in the end, which is for me the most important. And last game in Coventry was, for example, already quite good. So I, I was happy about that. So, yeah, it's sometimes not so bad, this kind of mental challenge. And how is it having Will Curlin as, as your backup at the minute? I see you after many practices. You almost have a, a mini coaching session with Will. Are you giving him your tips, everything you've you've learned over the years? I, th- I think Will is a really good listener and he he wants to learn a lot from me and I, I see that that's why I do it because I see that he's really into it. I see the huge progress he's making and I think he's, he'll be ready to play uh, a couple of games too. Like uh, I know he's young but for his age he's quite mature mentally and uh, he's really developing all the time and I, I like it because obviously I see that using some of my uh, techniques which first seems quite weird but then again you know like 
I done the same when I was younger. I was copying the local goalies, try to be like them, and you pick the best from them, and then you add something of your own. I think that that's how it's natural for everyone, right? And that coming kind of leads into one of the fan questions, really. And just looking at maybe NHL goalies, famous Czech Republic goalies, is there anybody that you've taken specific styles from, let's say? For sure, I've been following NHL. Like uh, when I was younger, it was my uh, uh, my dream to play there, so I was following those those guys. Funny thing, my first NHL goalie I watched was uh, Tom Barrasso. That was last year here as a head coach, uh, because it was the first Stanley Cup Finals that I've watched. The Pittsburgh Penguins against uh, Minnesota North Star back then, and. Uh, Later on, it was Dominic Hasek as a Czech legend and one of the best goalies in history, probably, and Martin Brodeur from Canadian ones. They were they were really good examples for me. And later on, I've been like uh, uh, following what the goalies of my generation do, try to adjust uh, the younger generation. I always try to pick the best from them and. Once you stop learning, you know, like it's the end of it. So I always try to keep learning, even though like I'm aging. I think that that's what keeps me younger, sort of. And just just to roll back a few appearance stats here. So I worked it out: 103 Liga games, 210 in the Czech league, 27 KHL, 22 SHL, 64 in the Ebel, and 115 Dell games. It's you've had spells in Asia as well, in Italy and a handful of international caps as well. The consistent numbers throughout every season that you've played, what's the secret to that? Because sometimes goalies can have a change of scenery, let's say, and, and not adjust um, adjust right, but you seem to have kept things going everywhere you've been. Well, let me tell you, it's, it's first of all not, not easy to adjust to the new, new place, new environment, anywhere. I've learn how to do it more lately but uh, every time you come to the new league and I like to really study opponents and uh, what they do I like to uh, read the game a lot so for me that's like a important part of my my performance so the beginnings are always more difficult for me even even here in this this league and in Asia the beginning was also tougher but yeah, I've I've learned certain steps what to do, how to how to adjust, and uh, I I think I as I've spent so much time abroad, so I've uh, I always like respected the the local league, the local guys, so that, that maybe helped me always to adjust faster than normally it would. So I I just try to keep focusing on uh, doing the right things, focus on myself to do the right work and uh, I try to be more consistent rather than have one great game and then two bad ones. So you said there that you do your research um, before you move to a specific team in a specific country, but how does the Elite League compare to other divisions you've been in and what is the reputation like of the Elite League as well? Well, let me tell you that uh, I've come across first time with Elite League maybe 2000. 13, when uh, I saw Nottingham Panthers play against German team. I thought they were not so bad, actually. I expected it would be like slaughter because it was a good team, but uh, they were not that bad. And I started to like talk with the guys, uh, mostly Canadian guys that played over here. And 
they said that year by year is going up. And I know a couple of Czech goalies were in this league. Marek Pins, I remember, was playing here. Also, he didn't say it was that that easy, you know. So I started to, I took like slow interest in the league and. Uh, uh, I thought, you know, it might be nice later on maybe to try it too. And uh, the opportunity came now and I thought it was it was good timing. I, I find the league quite uh, uh, entertaining for fans because it's very, very offensive, which then again brings a couple of wrinkles on my forehead as a goalie. And, mm. and um, the defense sometimes... Uh, of course suffer because of that but i i think it's very entertaining the games could be you're three up one moment you could lose four three in the other so like uh, uh it's fun to watch and uh surely you know it's improving all the time but i see the names are coming here are sort of more well known to me at least so i i see good players here you mentioned there that the offensive side of the game He's giving you wrinkles on your forehead, but when we all first saw you at that very first day on induction day, we couldn't believe the fact that you were 38. You don't look like a... You'd probably expect a 38-year-old to look you're in fantastic physical condition, and we've seen that uh, in your performances. Um, but how do you mentally keep going year upon year to, to know that you've got another season in you? Well, I... Uh... I would say that without that I wouldn't be playing anymore because uh, I need motivation to that that keeps me going like I, I don't do it certainly for as a job you know as just a way to make money I, I really love ice hockey and it's uh it gives me pleasure you know be in the in the locker room and challenge the younger guys and prepare for the season like try to challenge myself you know be better than I was the year before of course it's I couldn't be as fast as I used to be I, I try to more thing but like w- without this uh, motivation part I don't think I would I would be able to to play and I think I'm sort of late bloomer in this as I was younger I could have done things differently but uh, I try to not think of it anymore and just like Use the fact that now I'm now I'm more, uh, let's say, hungry than I than I used to be. You say you're hungrier now than maybe what you used to be, but for those that didn't know, uh, you were drafted in 2001 by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Was that a, a lifelong dream, as it would be for any hockey player growing up? Uh, for sure, and uh, ironically, it was it was my uh, most favorite team at the time, as I. As I mentioned, Tom Barrasso yeah. and uh, uh, obviously Czech legend Jaromir Jagr brought a huge uh, impact of on uh, Czech people with uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So I I was lucky enough that they, they drafted me. I got an uh, invitation letter for for training camp sometime in the future. But back then it was a little bit different situation and uh, uh, younger players, younger goalies were not, not wanted that much funny as it is now that I'm older the younger guys are wanted but uh, yeah it's it's just uh, it would have been wonderful I, I, I'm sure that uh, it would be great but I, I was not I don't think I was ready back then and later on I was already way too old when I thought that I was ready so no regrets there but uh, I 
I, th- I think it's just it was not meant to be for me. Uh, since then, have you ever had an offer to go and play in North America or? I was I was close uh, in 2007 when when we won the cup with uh, Sparta Prague in Czech league and I got the national team. It was it was very close the negotiation. Uh, 2003, I think four before the lockout, I was also talking with with Penguin still. That was probably the closest, but it was the lockout and uh, I got injured then. I uh, as I said I. I don't think I was even ready for the show, to be honest, in that time. Do you know within yourself, as a as a hockey player, when you are ready for that kind of challenge? Is it? No, I I think I think it was like just as I mentioned that Will Curlin, for example, uh, uh, quite mature for his age, and I don't think I was in that time. This might maybe I look like this, uh, younger, but yeah, I I think that just uh, uh, knowing. What I could have done now, I, I would do things differently, but I think everything is happened for a reason. So I try to not be feeling sorry for myself at all. And you, you briefly touched on it a little earlier on. And this question comes from Liam. How difficult is it to move abroad? And I know you've got your family here with you, so that must make it a little easier to, to sort of adjust. Uh, definitely it does like the families, like... Uh, it helps me a lot, especially when the things are not going that easily. So I got the support there and my wife is unbelievable with this. And every time that we have a bad game or so, so I go back home and there's a lot of work with the kids and they just hug you. They don't really care how the game ended. They, they just show you their love or they are just being noticed. So, so it's... Uh, it's of course great, great with uh, family support, but to that question, like uh, in the beginning, it was tough to to move first time abroad, like uh, from Czech Republic to to Finland. I was I was very eager to go somewhere back then because I was just drafted by Pittsburgh, and I thought it might be the North America where I moved to. I wanted to go, but uh, uh, I got offer from Elite Finnish League to be starting goalie, so I thought, wow, that's a uh, it's a great opportunity. So I went there and of course I I didn't know how to cook that well and how to shop and uh, do my laundry and stuff. But uh, eventually you learn that little bit. My wife is would be laughing now at this that uh, I do I do not do laundry at home. <laughs> I do not know how to use washing machine that much. But uh, yeah, it was. It was fun at the moment. It was tough at the moment, of course, when uh, I was lonely and Finland was quite dark and if the team didn't play well. So I, w- I would be calling home and I remember this one session, I didn't know how to how to make certain food. I called to my mom. She was in the middle of work meeting and she had to stop it and say, sorry, my I'm teaching my son how to cook. <laughs> so this, ki- this kind of moments <laughs> there were too. And I know sometimes language can play a big part in how you settle in and I've, I've seen you have conversations in your native languages with the likes of Marek and Miko and, and Nikolai as well. Is that always a difficult thing to master the, the language of the country that you're in? Well, obviously, like I, as I said, I, I do respect like the country I'm in uh, in general, not just with the hockey. I, I try to sort of blend in as well as I can. Of course, let's say in Korea, it was 
one of the most difficult so i, I just like try to master those uh, uh gestures of theirs like i know that they, they would be bowing and how to bow and uh, at least say a couple of words just out of respect uh, in Germany and Sweden, Finland, I, I really tried to, to pick up a couple of sentences to be able to communicate with the local guys that didn't really speak English. And uh, it did help. And I I noticed that even though I, I wouldn't be able to have full conversation with them on any kind of like level. So we would anyway like... Uh, become like good friends by that and uh, and they would try even more with the English because they saw that I, I try with the language of theirs. And then if we're pulling things a lot closer to home, I just want you to talk about your helmet because for those people that may not have seen or may not have noticed, you've got a new helmet now, a, a proper Steelers helmet that we've seen. And I'll upload some pictures and a video of it when we put this live, but there's certain meanings behind the mask. For sure, I was super excited about the, the new mask and uh, always like my new mask with the, with each team I've been to and uh, this especially like I, I tried to uh, fit it with our jerseys really and uh, put the like my dad is former photographer and uh, graphic designer so he he always used to tell me that I should be having a very simple mask that it, you could clearly see what, what what is there from further. It's it's nice to have little details, but you don't really see it from the from the stands. So I, I just have like uh, a Steel's logo on the side, number on the, my chin. And um, on on the back I have I've had for last ten years maybe uh, I have there my uh, family member's name. Uh, my wife and the kids then i have the check flag and i had there now this um, uh, liverpool fans motto uh, you'll never walk alone i i really like that ever since i was in germany uh, for for me it has like multiple uh, meanings of course i i know what's the original one in liverpool but you know First of all, you got the family, you got the support of your friends, and in general, like in your life, you never walk alone. So for me, it's it's much deeper, and I really like it every once in a while to to read it before the game that uh, you you will never be there alone. So <laughs> just this kind of my inner kick before the game, and then I have this uh, this new thing that's been established by uh, one Czech goalie. It's called uh, saves help, and basically. Uh, there are a couple of goalies that join this group and uh, each saves we make in a season and you know obviously you count it throughout the whole year could be thousand saves and then it's up to every goalie how much he donates for each save let's say it could be a pound it could be uh, 20p you know it depends on everyone's uh, income and then then you collect this money and uh, and they like to buy some practical thing like this year they've bought a, a slave or a sledge hockey which i find quite nice because it's something you can actually touch you see where the money goes to and the this was in the, for sledge hockey in czech republic where maybe it costs quite a lot of money and they can't afford it so just show some sort of support to fellow hockey players so i i 
I joined this project and I really like it and I got this logo which is like uh, five you saw it's like four four yeah the tally chart yeah, yeah. so like uh, uh, I also like it because my family is family of five so it has again double meaning for me and uh, yeah I'm, I'm glad to be part of this project and we're hopefully there'll be more and more goalies joining this project saves help and of course always a big thank you to Puckstop for for sorting that mask out and Rano Richard came down and we presented you the mask Richard was uh, was unbelievable he's a huge fan I, I think he's former goalie right so like I've always liked to talk with him and it's uh, it's great I'm, I'm really grateful is it something that you've done wherever you've been in your career is it a one helmet for each team is there a significance behind every single helmet you design um i also think i've developed over the careers there were some masks that i'm not, not really that proud of <laughs> and uh, um, some were more silly than the others but yeah like lately i've i try to keep this sort of uh, uh simple design and uh like if there was something like last year i i wanted to have some korean logo on it and uh some saying in korean language just again out of respect to the locals and a little bit as a interesting thing in the mask so i i picked this saying it was like sort of like uh, uh even though on you're on your knees you always get up something like that so so just I trust that they put it there right. <laughs> it was it was uh, uh, also one mask that I liked the last years. What is it that you do with the masks once you've once you've moved teams? Do you have them in a special place so you can go back and look at them? Uh, I I usually do keep the masks and uh, I I like it. I I'll put them on the wall once uh, instead of the jerseys. I, I quite like it and if if I will be bored with them, so my son will for sure play with them on, on the street hockey. Do we have another future hockey player there in your son? Is he going to be another goalie as well? <laughs> I uh, I, certain, I certainly uh, wish that he can do whatever he want and please, but uh, it would be nice if he plays hockey. If, if he doesn't like it, I will not force him, that's for sure. But like... It would be nice to to stay with the hockey in that way that I could be coaching him and uh, whether he's goalie or player I could I could tell him something that I've learned myself. If not, as I said, it's it's no big deal. I'll just support whatever he does. And that moves us on nicely to another of our fan questions. This one comes from Chloe. Uh, do you have any plans? yet in place for when you finish playing not that we want you to finish now that <laughs> you clearly have plenty of years left in the tank but you touched on maybe going into coaching uh, yeah that's for sure that's one thing that i, I want to do afterwards that uh, the coaching i i think that uh, i've always liked that coaching part of the hockey i as i said i studied the game a lot and read it and try to try to also like work with the guys that place in front of me like where I want them to be and and I, I think the coaching is something that would like fulfill my life afterwards I I take it season at a time and we'll see when is the time to end and something that we haven't spoken much about is you're now here in Sheffield what is Sheffield like is there 
places that you and your family love to go and spend time? Is there something that really stands out for you? I have to say that uh, uh, Great Britain in general is our favorite country to travel to. As, as I mentioned beginning of the season, my, my sister, uh, she lives here for last 15 years. She's got the uh, Englishman as a husband and we always love to spend summers here and and uh, when there was opportunity to come to uh, to UK to play so I was I was grateful because I I like this country in general and to be here in Sheffield there are so many things to do and a lot of nice places to visit also around so we've been to to peak districts to many places and I love the Christmas market here in Sheffield. It's it's very nice and like really so many things. We like to go to the Graves Park here in Sheffield and uh, even in Rotherham where we were at Columber uh, Park. So those are like really nice places and really really nice people I have to say. So it's pleasant to be here. And what's the arena like compared to where you played before? What are, what are the crowd like because you've now got your own little duba chant that that rings around the I, arena it's... I have to say that uh, this was the nicest surprise of of the whole experience I, I I did not expect this and how the crowd like uh, uh, took me here and welcomed me from the day one it was, it was unreal sometimes it's too much of the duba thing <laughs> I, I start to hate my own name sometimes especially <laughs> when I when I see the other guys that uh, that would trip me because of that and I joke about it but I I do get it it's it's a it's sort of catchy catchy name but uh, sometimes it's it's too much as I say but uh, it's it's very pleasant and I love to play in this arena it's it has nice vibe and uh, uh, I know it's not the most modern like but it's still like uh, modern enough. I love how what kind of uh, facility we have here and uh, just the orange crowd out there every night and we got so many supporters which is which is like a, a big shock for every player that that's been in Europe and you know it's more than average of any other league so it's it's really like a pleasure to be here and quite a privilege. What's going through your mind when you're stood in that tunnel as we go to blackout in the arena? You're first there, first on the ice. The attention is on you. What What are those last few feelings and thoughts going through your mind? Well, that's, I suppose it's the part of the process, you know, that you've asked me uh, in the beginning, like with the co- uh, consistency, that I I got also certain mental training before every game, how to take this kind of pressure away and I do that just in the tunnel so I I try to think of those things uh, walk them through and and then I'm actually like ready to go so I I'm not I'm not nervous in that time anymore I'm, I'm nervous before but not in that time anymore and we were just about coming to the end of, of this edition of our player insights so we'll rattle through a few uh, fan questions if you don't mind Thomas and for sure we were having a little joke before we started about Yorkshire puddings and um, Mike and Damiano have both asked have you tried Yorkshire puddings and if so do you like them well I, I tried it a couple of times and uh, uh, the best one that I've had so far was was in uh, York where I tried at local 
speciality where it's like uh, the roast is uh, in a wrap made out of the Yorkshire pudding and it was actually quite yummy so I do like it yes it was it was very good and uh, the next one here from John uh, what advice would you give to youngsters who are looking to get into the game of ice hockey it's a difficult question it's it's such an open question uh, but that uh, one piece of advice I, th- I think just keep working hard you'll get uh, rewarded eventually very very sound advice and Steve asks do you think if a goalie leaves his crease he should be eligible for contact like any other player I do believe that yes uh, since you know we are protected in the in the crease so uh, there there we shouldn't be touched I believe and the moment you leave the crease I, I know that we take the risk so yes we are we should become as a, another player too if you get hit and you know some some my teammate will like come to defend me that's another thing but I, I believe that you could be touched as another player why not and do you have that faith in this group of guys that if you are ever interfered with that somebody will be there to to give it to the guy that's that's just I think that every guy on this team proved to me that they are they are willing to put you know fight for another guy so I I really like that here because we have quite nice spirit going on in the team and I saw even guys that you wouldn't ever like believe that got the guts to do that and they would so I have I have that faith in that. Another one from Jay here. It's a similar question I asked uh, Marco when I interviewed Marco. It's about your playing number, the number 70. Is there a, a reason behind why you chose the number 70? Well, sort of. It's uh, it's been uh, number three was my my initial number when I started, and it it had big meaning for me back then. And like I wanted to have three, thirty, thirty-three, something like that all the time. I had it for first ten years of my career. When I got to Germany, I I, I decided that you know I will I will do sort of restart of my career and like play differently and be completely different so I I just went with something else and I I thought it might be cool to have some bigger number and seven was my lucky number so I thought 70 might sound good so I I took it plus in that time was quite hot uh, Holdby in Washington as a goalie with number 70 so I thought yeah it's a it's a good match and Owen asks, where's the favourite place you played? Obviously, we all know that it's Sheffield. Yeah, of course it's Sheffield, right? So outside of, she- outside of Sheffield, where is that one place that you'd, you'd happily go back to? I think that I, I spent quite a lot of time in, in uh, Greffeld in Germany and the fan base was similar to, to, to one in Sheffield. And I think that uh, I felt quite comfortable there too it was it was one place that was so easy to play in and uh, yeah i think uh, besides sheffield it was it was the greffeld and last but by no means least this question comes from somebody you are very familiar with so much so that it's come from hannah your wife <laughs> um, who has the better sense of humor you or your wife no, for sure her right what can i say else <laughs> And that's a perfect way to end this. Thomas, 
thank you ever so much yeah. for your time this morning. Thank you for having me here. And I'm sure everybody listening in will be grateful for your service to the Steelers this year and who knows, maybe in the years to come as well. Thomas, thank you ever so much. Thank you.